the Speaking of Tangents podcast, a podcast for your ears. This week's show is brought to you by, insert funny, witty, or clever comments here. Insert funny, clever, or witty comments here is a corporation that specializes in letting you, the listener, insert your own funny, clever, or witty comments here. As in, you are the sponsor of this show. You sponsor it by listening. Thank you for your patronage. I'm Jason. Hey, and I'm KJ. Good is up this week, and good is down, and we'll discuss why in this week's Week in Review. And we'll announce the winners of our March Madness Bracket Tournament Challenge. I think you've answered your own question as to why good is down just by mentioning March Madness. But I digress. (laughs) Oh, we also have uh, a guest. No? Uh, We do a quiz by Bob Walsh. That's it. And we'll wrap it all up with feedback. All that plus several conversational tangents. In a week, things happen. Yes, they do. And now we'll review. Yes, we will. Those things that happened. The things that happened. It's the speaking of tangents. Week in review. So what's up? Oh, good, good is up. You know, and good is down this week, too. But I, I'm fired up. Let's go. Let's go. Good is up. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Lots of reasons that good is up. Major League Baseball season is here. It's Masters weekend. Uh, March Madness is finally over. And, and That's the first thing you've mentioned that I've been interested <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. And we'll talk about the bracket challenge and the winners a little later. Um, and apparently Minnesota was just named the least stressed state in the country. You know, studies show, whatever that means. So good is up. Was that a study done by the University of Minnesota? I don't know who who did the study. But um, yeah, Minnesota was the least stressed state, and I think North Dakota was next. The the Midwest had a strong showing. Hmm. But all that stuff said, good is down, because we got eight inches of snow on Tuesday into Wednesday. Putting a damper in a- in on all those things I just mentioned. The Masters yeah. weekend, even though it's not snowing in Augusta, Georgia. It, no, I am, it's been 80 degrees here. Have I mentioned that I'm ready for winter to be over? I don't know if I can take another snowfall. And we're supposed to get more on Sunday. Um, yeah, I, I can't even talk about it anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I am done. I'm going insane. So anyway... That's why good is down. But there are a lot of things to be excited about. And one of them is Masters Week. Are your parents hosting anyone? No. I doubt they even know it's Masters Week. Okay, so they're not into golf. Oh, no. Okay. Um, all right. Anything going on with you this week? Uh, nope. How about you? Let's see. Um, not a whole lot besides what I just said. But we did go to Easter brunch at my home golf, oh. golf course this this week. You remember when I went back um, or when I went to brunch on Mother's Day there at the golf course and it was really nice and they gave the mother a free mimosa and it was very affordable. And then for Father's Day, they jacked up the price and they put a prime rib on the menu and they gave the fathers a free round of golf and so we boycotted Father's Day brunch. Yes, I remember. Okay, so we tried it again because Easter was affordable. And um, so we went there and it was, I think it was 14 bucks per person, which included coffee. And and the Hall of Famer was very excited about the coffee being included. 
Wait a minute. What? In the brunch. How can you how can you say brunch and not include coffee? Well, that I don't know. I mean, to me, that coffee seems... was included. But yes, the Hall of Famer like, was you know, very excited. Implicit. Oh, they're going to have coffee. And I said, well, you know, we could go to Caribou if you just wanted coffee. I just made a cup. I'm drinking it right now at my house. Yeah. It cost me like a dollar. Yeah, I know. But uh, we went to, you know, we first made a, we called and said, let's make a reservation for 10 o'clock. And they said, oh, oh you know, it's completely booked. And the, 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 the buffet brunch thing goes from 10 to 2. And I think what they did was slots every 15 minutes. So people will come in every 15 minutes. And when we called at 10, they said, nope, we're completely, we, when we called the book for 10 o'clock, we're completely packed. But then they called us back and said, because of the Hall of Famer is well known at the golf course there, uh, mm. they, they could squeeze us in at 10 o'clock. No. So we get there at 10, and there are literally only two other tables with foursomes at the table, and that's it. I mean, the room is huge. There must be seating in there for about 100 people. I mean, they do so wedding receptions there. What was their scheme? I don't know. It was completely empty, though. That's weird. Very weird. And it didn't start getting busy till about 1045. So I'm, I'm glad they, they called us back at, to, at 10 because we didn't want to wait till 1 to go. I don't know why. I mean, it was really cold here on Easter Sunday, but I mean, we're Minnesotans. That doesn't, that doesn't keep us away hmm. if the food is good. And the food is good. I, I don't People just didn't show up because it was cold or whatever. Maybe, but we, we know how to handle cold here. We just bundle up. We wear layers. No, you you bundle up and wear layers and complain about it. Yes. It, well, I complain about it <laughs> and in say April. you're going insane. <laughs> I complain about it in April. Yes. You're not true Minnesotan, though. Come on. Uh, well, I've been I've lived in Minnesota since I was 12 years old. Well, I've lived here in Georgia forever. I'm not a Georgian either. So yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but the food was good, and you know, it, it's it was a brunch, but. I decided that, okay, so they had pancakes and French toast. And I, I left the pancakes because I'm a French toast girl. But it got me wondering, because the Hall of Famer was all over the pancakes, and it got me wondering, you know, what is more common for people to like, pancakes or French toast? I mean, is this a watermelon situation or a, or a black licorice situation? Or is French toast liked by other people more than pancakes? I'd say it's people are just good on either one so what do you like either one you don't care they're equal hmm. to you i don't really eat breakfast well uh french toast to me is way superior to pancakes i think it's it's all the same to me okay so you don't you don't have a preference well maybe somebody listening will and tell me why pancakes are so much better but i did i did learn one thing about this buffet that i don't ever need to go to another one. What? It was not good? No, it was good, but it's not worth it for me because I'm full after one plate. Oh, well, I mean, $14 is not that expensive for a meal. It's not. You're right. It's not bad, but I Especially if it includes coffee. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I just have to sit there for like 15 minutes and let everything digest and I feel like I have to get my money's worth. So then I go back to the buffet and I don't really need to because I'm not hungry and it's just, it, it's, I just don't need to do it. So we learned that. So you're not going to be going to the Golden Corral never, for lunch today? Never, okay. never, So anyway, that Believe was, me, I'm not either. that was, that was, that was Easter. <clears throat> and we intended to go to Easter services after brunch, 
but we never made it because we stayed too long trying to get our money's worth. Mm-hmm. Yep. So <laughs> now I know that it's definitely not needed to go to a brunch. Mm-mm. It was good, but it wasn't worth star or not stuffing myself is the word I'm looking for. Not starving myself. Now, buffets are completely overrated to me. I'd rather have quality of food than quantity of food. Yes, absolutely. But the quality is good there. So that's why we choose to go. But I don't think yeah, we'll go to another one. You probably could see like I could go to Waffle House. If I'm going to eat breakfast food, I'm going to Waffle House because for like five bucks, I can get what I want. Yes, but we don't have yeah. a Waffle House here. I'm sorry. Within an hour's drive. I'm sorry for you. Yeah, well, it's probably a good thing that they don't have that. Waffles, too, I would put under French toast. French toast, waffles, pancakes. See, I would put waffles more with pancakes. And where would you put French toast? French toast is associate of that, but it's not like as close cousins as waffles and pancakes to me. Well, yes, but I'm talking about ranking how they taste. French toast, waffles, pancakes. You got that egg in French toast. Good you don't stuff. think there's eggs in pancakes? I don't know. I never made pancakes because I don't like them. Well, I think you're just pancakeist. Yes, that's true. So, enough. Anything else with you, or should we get to you know the March Madness? If it means we can get to the March Madness to get it over with, then I have nothing. Okay. Well, Dr. Garrett Schumann tweeted us at G A R R T, and he says, or he asked the question, "Who won the bracket? Slash, on whose behalf have I foolishly committed myself to write original music?" <laughs> and that's a good question. So we will we'll answer that. Um, first, bo- first we're going to announce the winners and some of the prizes. And again, as we said l- the last time we talked about this, listening to this section right here is the only way you winners are going to be able to claim your prize. If you if you hear us announce your name as one of the winners, email us. Don't tweet us. Don't Facebook us. Don't DM us. Email us your mailing address to speaking of tangents. Po- what is it? Speaking of tangents podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Say that again to be clear. Speaking of tangents podcast at gmail.com. Wow. What an email address. Isn't that fabulous? Wonder who set that up. Also, each of the winners will be given their own special secret code word or phrase that you must include in your email to us in order to get your prize. If you don't give us the phrase or word or whatever, forget it, you're out. And <laughs> this, this feels like, <laughs> you know, 97.1 FM, the morning zoo. It's the phrase that pays. Yes. What's the code word? And be the 13th caller. <laughs> and the last stipulation <laughs> is you're going to have a week. So this comes out on April 6th. Uh, so make sure you email us by, what is that, seven days, 13th, math, mm-hmm. April 13th, or forget it, you're out of that too. So by next Friday, basically. By next Friday, yep. If you're listening to this the week of. Yes, that's right. If you don't, and if, if you're you not miss keeping it, up with the yeah. podcast, you're not getting a prize anyway. That's so right, that's right. Kiss off. And if any of the winners are going to a Jingle Fest in D.C. this June and you don't mind waiting to get your prize, let, let us know, and uh, we'll be glad to hand deliver it to you. Yes. All right, here we go. That's our preference, to be honest. <laughs> yes. The champion, dethroning last year's champion, Patrick Moffat, is Matthew Vogel. Oh. And Matthew Vogel was so touched by his win, he tweeted this to us, at Vogel Matt. 
While I am humbled and honored to win the bracket challenge, and I will proudly display whatever swag may come with this victory, my wife is happier about the other bracket pool that I won. Straight cash, homie. Three exclamation points. Mm, There you go. So congratulations, Matthew. Your secret code word is blowhard. Okay. Oh, and one more thing about Matt. Matt, the bracket name for Matt was Clapton's a blowhard. Hmm. So he got an appropriate keyword, phrase, yes, code, he did. secret, whatever. Yeah. Yes, and he picked Villanova. Most of the win- most of the top seven picked Villanova. Um, now, the second place winner with the bracket name of Pooh is Genie Hoops, which I'm pretty sure is Genie from Baltimore. Genie from B-more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Genie, your secret code phrase is Justin Timberland. Not Timberlake, not Timberwolf, Timberland. Timberland. Third place with the bracket name of PB and Nay, DJ Luke Nine, also known as Young Statman. Mm hmm. Young Statman, your secret code word is Peachtree. Nice. Fourth place with the bracket name of Jeff Kenton from Towson. Oh, and Jeff was so touched by his by his win, he tweeted us, Jeff at Jay Kenton. Holy moly, I got fourth place in the Speaking of Tangents Bracken Challenge. That is going on my resume. Nice. Congratulations, Jeff. I don't Jeff. know what kind of jobs you're applying for with that, but <laughs> hey, we're glad that we can help, I guess. Yes, we are. Jeff, your secret code word is Coca-Cola. Hmm, good. Fifth place with the bracket name of Stolen Ties. By JKM563, which I'm pretty sure is John Miller. Yes. John, your secret code word is insurance. Sixth place with the bracket name of who's coming in second is Patrick Moffat. (laughs) And Patrick sent us a message on Facebook and said, it appears as though my bracket was slightly misnamed. I meant who's coming in seventh. There you go. Um, Patrick? Your secret code word is Beetlejuice. Nice. Seventh place with the bracket name of Wright State, Michigan is W3RT. And I have not discerned who W3RT is yet, but your secret code word is Soul Drinker. And the middle of the pack place, this is a new addition this year, mm-hmm. with a bracket name of Like a Turgeon. Is J.E. Turner, 427, and I believe that that's Jeff Turner. Jeff, your secret code phrase is Peep Oreos. Ooh, I'm sorry. (laughs) And finally, finally, two people tied for the official last place. Mm -hmm. And so. Oh, we had a tie. Yeah, tied for the last place. And so we flipped a coin. Oh, we did. We, we, We flipped a coin. And this we is, flipped a metaphorical coin, a w- coin, or we flipped an actual coin. We flipped a coin, and by we, I mean me. Yes. Or I. Um, and this is how it <laughs> ended up. Ended up in a penultimate place, with the bracket name of No Todd Takay repeat, is T Patrick Smith. Mm-hmm. T Patrick, your secret code phrase it, code phrase is duck duck gray duck. Mm-hmm. And in last place, and the winner of the copy. Of the album The Calm and the Crush by Jason Fuse. Wait, are we announcing prizes? Well, we're announcing some of them. Okay, well, then you're going to go back and announce prizes for the rest of it. Yeah, right? at the end. Okay. 
and the winner of a copy of the album The Calm and the Crush by Jason Fuse. I'm sorry. With the bracket name of Saliza Special is GT Lorenzo. GT, your secret code word is watermelon. Now, nice. as far as the rest of the prizes go, we're not going to go through every little thing here because there there are a good amount of prizes we're sending out. And um, but but we can tell you that everybody gets a sticker, a speaking of tangent sticker. Every every winner. Every winner. Not, yep. not everybody. No, no, every winner. Every winner that I just named gets a participation medal because that's the society we're in. Oh my gosh. And every winner gets something from the Swagmasters donated box of swag. Cool. And um first and second place will each get an official brand new never before released speaking of tangents t-shirt mm-hmm. with a new design mm-hmm. by one of us with mm-hmm. not named me we don't have those t-shirts printed yet but we will and third and fourth place we'll get the awesome mini basketball hoops that the swagmaster surprised us with cool and we can uh, send out pictures of some of this stuff right yes this week? yes okay and lastly to answer dr garrett's question about his song here's what i did i numbered little pieces of paper from one through ten to represent the ten winners threw them in a hat and the hall of flamer the hall of flamer (laughs) (laughs) okay that's gonna be a new one the hall of the hall of famer (laughs) blindly selected one and that one was number three and that would be our third place winner young statman oh good so he gets the song yes young statman will get the song Cool. And I have a special update on our in on our highly debated last place in the bracket winner. You do. Great. Let's hear it. Yes. Um we had one person who I think did the best job, which is submitted the bracket without making any picks, so they got zero points, so they were guaranteed to be in last place. Yes. And of course they came in last place. And it was hotly debated. Yes. And so I have decided to give my first annual Jason Fuse prize to that person is my individual selection of any bracket that I can pick to give my prize to. So my special prize goes to that person, whoever it was. I don't even remember their name because I didn't bother to look it up. In last, very last place, in my my last place in my heart, put it that way. Yeah, I think so, it was Chip Hughes. Okay, so for that tremendous, you know, forethought and lack of effort, that gets my prize, my special prize. And do we know what your prize is? Oh, yes. Okay, can I say it? Yes. It's nothing <laughs> because that's appropriate for, for, the, for the amount of effort. I'm going to put the same amount of effort into your prize, which is nothing. There you go. So, um, you know, Chip, make sure you email us your mailing address yes. and your code so word you, is so I can, nothing. Nothing. Um, yeah. And I, and I think we – I do appreciate – I do want to say I appreciate that, though. That is my, oh, that is my pick, pick like of it. brackets yeah. for this nonsense tournament. And I think we should give another shout out to all those folks that donated prizes for the contest. Oh, Robert Colpin, um, yes. Jolene Wojcik, and Dr. Mm-hmm. Garrett Schumann. Yes. And who's thanks to the, everybody who played. Oh, who's getting the Masters, the, the Jolene Prize? Um, well, that's going to go to first and second place. Oh, first and second are cleaning up. They are cleaning up. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It's appropriate. Yeah, they're cleaning up. So first and second place is getting a t-shirt and some Masters gear. And a and a and a participation um, medal and a sticker yes. and something from the and pile something of swag. From, yeah, I'm telling yeah. you, it pays to um, you know, 
pick a bracket that you didn't even know you were picking, as in Matt Vogel's wow. case. I think he said he didn't really, you know, that, I think that's the way brackets should be. I yes. love it when people that don't know what they're doing win. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know if that's for sure. Maybe he did know what he was doing. That's our entire podcast. Well, people yeah, that I don't know. know what they're doing. That's, that's why we like it. Uh, okay. So don't forget to email us. Speaking of tangents podcast at Gmail. If you were one of those 10 winners. Speaking of tangents podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that that will put an end to the March Madness bracket. We won't need to talk about that again. Finally. Finally. This is a song with words about a quiz that I'm singing. That should end what this segment is. Okay, I'll tell you. It's a quiz. What do we know? Well, yes. You remember last week we mentioned that um, Bob Walsh wrote us another quiz? No, but I trust you. And... Well, here it is. We're going to do it today. Quiz number six from Bob Walsh. Okay. And he, he writes us this. He says, going back to the what do these three things have in common format, which you all seem to like. Only three movie-related questions, one of which will give Jason a hard time as it involves a film made before 1957. I think we're both out on that one. And I think, yeah, I think we are. Uh, and then he says, the woman related to me by marriage, or as I call her, she who must be obeyed, pre-screens the quizzes. <laughs> And told me this one is too hard to be any fun. I explained that the fun is listening to the the tangents you two go off on as you stumble around. Oops, I meant to say as you carefully analyze each question and then draw upon your (laughs) encyclopedic knowledge to get to the answers. Uh However, as she is usually right, I tried to beef up the hints. So that's good. He's giving us extra hints. But the problem is I'm usually not helped by the hints he gives. No, no. I usually either gonna get it or I'm not. So it's and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say we get how many questions is it? Ten? I assume it's ten. Uh yes, ten. I think we're gonna get two out of ten, right? Well, I'd like to say no way, we're gonna get more than that, but you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready? At least I'll get something right. Yeah, I'm ready. Again, the format is what do these three things have in common? And it's movie related. No, he said there's only a couple movie questions. Oh, my gosh. Three movie related. Okay. This is a nightmare. Number one, Monroeville, Alabama, Truman Capote, Jean Louise Finch. It's, um, um. Well, you didn't let me leave the hint. You didn't let me read the hint. I don't want, I don't want the hint. I I don't want the hints until, unless we can't get it right up front. All right. Um, It's, um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes, I would agree. Okay. What was the hint? Calling the Watchmen might help here. Yeah, that's the second. Isn't that the second book that What's-Her-Face wrote? Um, what's her name? A Harper Lee. Yes. Now, Truman Capote is in there because the fact that some say that Harper Lee is Truman Capote's ghost or... Um, Ghostwriter. He wrote... Yeah. A lot of people say he wrote most of the... Most of to Kill a Mockingbird, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. So we got that one. You still mm-hmm. going to stick with two? Yes. Okay. Number two, Marlon Brando, Patrick Henry, Henry, Patrick Henry, and Charlie Chaplin. What do these three have in common? Yes. Okay, let me think about it before we get to the hint. Um, obviously, we know who Brando is. Yes. Chaplin, an actor in the, what, 20s, 30s? Silent film star. Um, had the Hitler mustache. Yeah. Um, Patrick Henry, known for give me liberty or give me death, right? I, th- 
I think, I think so. Him. Yes. Um, so he's one of the sort of the founding, you know, stepfathers. He went not really a founding. Well, we got founding father, but you know, not really mentioned. You know, in the same breath as you know Jefferson and Washington and all those other guys. Um, let's get the hint because I'm not sure where he's going with this. The hint is Jason, TK, Michael, and Gary combined don't reach the numbers set by these patriarchs. So is it something to do with how many children they have? Would think so. Did Brando have a bunch of kids? I don't know. Well, I wouldn't doubt it. And I have no idea about that. Hmm. I don't either. I think you might be on the right track because I can't think of anything else. So I'm happy to say that I don't know any of the, I mean, I know who these people are, but I don't Mm -hmm. know if they have, if they had one child, but I bet you that's the answer based on the hint. Well, then he should have put like, what's his face from the Jets in there? (laughs) What's his name? Oh. (laughs) Antonio Cromarty. Or, um. Mr. Former Viking Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Does he have a lot of kids? He has like eight or nine. Yeah. Or Sean Kemp, who has like 10 or 11 kids. Yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe he should have put those in. We would have got that right away. Yeah, but that's just going off the hint. I have no idea if that's what these three have in common. Maybe they're all from Rhode Island. I don't know. It could be. Yeah. Wouldn't really go with the hint, though. No. Mm. Okay, well, let's go with that, and we'll move on to number three. Two out of ten. John Tyler. Andrew Johnson, Harry Truman. What did these three presidents, they were presidents. have in common? <laughs> yeah, well, and he, he clarified with the follow-up question. What did they have in common? So he already told you they were presidents. They all died in office. And the hint is just a heartbeat away. So I think that's a very good guess. Or maybe it's not a guess, maybe you just know it. I know that Truman died in office, didn't he? Um. I think so. Because didn't he serve two terms? Like two or like four terms? He served a long time. Maybe they all had heart attacks? Andrew Johnson died in office, I'm pretty sure. And Tyler didn't last long either. Yeah, I've forgotten Tyler in my history. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so we think we're three for three. Two out of ten, I'm going with. Number four. Gaggle. Parliament, murder. <laughs> I like the hint on this one. These are groups of birds. Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. A gaggle of geese, a murder of crows, a I, parliament of doves? That's the only one I didn't know for sure. I'm not sure about parliament. And the hint a is... parliament of funkadelics? <laughs> the hint is this question is for the birds, and you know I would appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Parliament, what is parliament? I think about that one. Keep going. Dubs might be a good guess. Okay, this looks like a movie question. I don't think that's right. Number five. It happened mm-hmm. one night, 1934. Mm-hmm. One flew over the cuckoo's nest, 1975. The Silence of the Lambs, 1991. Hey, I think I might know this one. Hmm. I don't remember what It Happened One Night is about. I've obviously seen Silence of the Lambs and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Um, it happened one night I don't know anything about, but I know that it was pretty famous. So did Silence of the Lambs win Best Picture? Yes. So that would be my guess. 
that they all won Best Picture. Yeah. And the hint is these are Grand Slam movies. Oh, Grand Slam. So that might mean that they've won more than just Best Picture. Is they there a Grand Slam in in um in uh, I'm gonna say, Oscar yeah, term? Yeah, sort of. No, but I'm going to assume what he's talking about is they won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Actress. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure Silence of Lambs did that. Okay. Yeah. And, well, and I think One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest did too. So that's what we're going with. I think so. I mean, once mm-hmm. I got her saw the Grand Slam, in golf terms, that's all four majors in well, one in one baseball. year. But yeah. Oh, Grand Slam. Yeah, you were thinking baseball. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Number six. Two out of ten. Robert E. Lee, Mike Shisses. Mm-hmm. You gonna try that again? <laughs> Robert E. Lee, <laughs> Mike Shosheski, and Judge Roy Judge Roy Moore. I think I nailed it the second time. Yeah, you did. Um, and don't forget Judge Roy Moore. Is it? Isn't that the guy who just like, yes, the Alabama, Alabama guy? guy? Yeah. Jeez, that's that's an interesting way to three people to combine together. I'm gonna say they were all born in New York City. Um, yeah, well the hint is although we associate all of them with the South, each spent time on the banks of the Hudson. So yeah, I think that's probably an appropriate guess. I would I yeah, Robert That is a complete guess. Robert E. Lee and Judge Roy Moore. I would never have guessed to be born in New York City. Good enough for me. Yeah, but, but you have to consider, like, when Robert Lee would have been born, the United States basically stretched its... New York City was probably the south of the United States, the current colonial setup. Sure, but that doesn't explain Judge Roy Moore. He was born much know. later than Mr. Lee. True. But I think not, not, let me put that nothing explains Judge Roy Moore. Exactly. Except pedophile should be in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we think we got that one. Number seven. Gunners, Reds, Hammers. Hmm. Hammers. Is this related to curling? <laughs> What's the hint? So, so you think you know your football? Question mark. These are names of CFL teams or soccer teams somewhere. Y- yeah. Or Australian <sighs> rules football or rugby. Something like names. that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. These think- are all like team mascot names. Yep. I I go with that. Not curling. Number eight. Mary Lou. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I don't know. Not with the hint. So you think you know your football. <laughs> Number eight, Mary Louise Parker, Sybil Shepherd, Jennifer Aniston. Okay. We should be able to figure this out. We, kn- we know who all three of these actresses are, right? We do. Um, so I associate Sybil Shepherd more with two things I associate with her. The, the okay. movie Moonlighting. The TV show Moonlighting. The TV show Moonlighting and the movie Top Gun. What? <laughs> oh, great. Isn't she Sybil in Top Shepherd. Gun? No. Who played the Are gal in Top Gun, Cruz's love interest? It's not Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> Who is it? 
I can't think of her name, Kelly something, or what's it? I'm, I'm going to look it up because I have to know what this is. Okay, now. well, then I'm going to pull out some more knowledge about Sybil Shepherd. Okay. We know it's moon, I, we, some more knowledge, yes. We know it's moonlighting. Okay, did I get that right? <laughs> yes, it's not a TV, it's not a movie, though. So it's, it's a, a TV, TV show, show yep. And, wait a minute, wait, let, let me, I'm, I'm, before I look this up, I'm going to try to think about it and see if I can remember what her name is. Because she was really, she was in that and she was in like one other thing. And I cannot. Doesn't she look like Sybil Shepherd? No. <laughs> so you're saying it's like um, Spielberg and Cro- uh, James Cameron, Cameron? James Cameron, yeah. Okay. Um, I looked it up. Kelly McGillis. I knew it was Kelly something. Okay, yeah. I, Kelly McGillis. Got that I'm, wrong. And now, and now let me look up what else she was. I just closed it. Hold on now. Who, Kelly McGillis? Yeah, I'm going to look up what else she's been in real quick. Hold on. Okay, well, while you're doing that, I'm going to show you my extended Sybil Shepherd knowledge, you know, um, Top Gun Gun movie aside. Um, Oh, boy. Sybil Shepherd starred opposite Mr. What's his name? (laughs) The guy that won the best award. um, um, The dude, the dude from. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell you his name? Um, God, no. Bridges. Yeah. Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yes. She starred opposite him in The Last Picture Show. That is correct. Boom. Don't That's question my simple shepherd knowledge, except for <laughs> the, that one thing. <laughs> Kelly McGillis wasn't really in much of anything else, is what I've discovered that you would have heard of. Okay, so... Except for one thing with Han Solo himself, which is the only other thing I've ever remember her being in. That was famous that I remember. What, Star Wars? No. Han Solo she was, himself. She was in a movie with Harrison Ford. Oh, okay. About the same time as Top Gun, maybe a little before it, that do you remember anything? Indiana she Jones? A little, no. Okay. That was Spielberg's wife, by the way, at the time. Really? What's her oh, name? Yeah. Uh, Kate Capshaw. I don't know if they're still married, but at that time... They might not have been married then, but the reason why she's in that movie is because she was dating or married to Spielberg in Temple of Doom. Do you okay. remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Um, um, Simple Shepherd and Harrison Ford. No, <laughs> Kelly McGillis oh. and Harrison <laughs> Ford. Okay. Um, and it was around the same time as mm-hmm. which movie? And she was dressed up. Top she um, didn't, didn't wear much makeup. Um, I'm trying to think of hints to give you. It's was in like the Pennsylvania countryside. What was the plot of the movie? Um, she was, you're never going to get the title of it. So I'm just trying to guess, get you to remember what it was about. Um, it was a forbidden love between him and her because he showed up. He was either running from the police or he was the police trying to catch a criminal in the was fugitive. <laughs> no, <laughs> It was called Witness. It was about the Amish. Oh, no way. Did I ever see that movie? Really? It was not a very no. good movie, but I saw it. Okay. Well, that was good. That That's good Kelly McGinnis knowledge. McGillis. Oh, McGillis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do we think this has to do with, okay, so Sybil Shepherd, we've, we've really, we, we, ad nauseum, we've gone over Sybil Shepherd. Um, well, Mary Louise. I wouldn't Park. say ad nauseum. Well, you okay? Ad nauseum with my knowledge of. Sybil we've Shepherd. got. We've talked about Top Gun and related yes. <laughs> actors and actresses. Yes. <laughs> and the Last Picture Show, which I think was her first movie, 
as well as so. Jeff Bridges' first movie. Mm, I believe so. It was in the mid-70s. They shot it all in black and white. Yes, I remember. I, I've mm-hmm. actually seen it. Oh, okay, cool. now Mary Louise Parker. Yes. What do you know her from? Because I know one thing. I know her from know her Weeds. From. Yes, that's what I know her from. Um, I, but I've She has actually been in a lot of stuff. I've though. seen her in a lot of stuff. I yes. really like her. Um, yeah, she's cool. I can't remember anything off the top of my head right now besides Weeds. Well, I mean, that's, that was like, that's like, what's his face? Um, Brian Cranston and Breaking Bad. It yeah. Was yeah. That kind of, I mean, this, the show Weeds is obviously not as good as Breaking Bad, but it's, it's right. good, especially like the first three to four seasons. Um, and that's like a, she is always going to be known for that probably mm-hmm. over everything else in her entire career. I think she was in a little movie that was probably bad, but at the time I liked it because it had, um, Drew Barrymore and Matthew McConaughey. And oh no! Mary Louise Parker was in it. It was one of, I think, it was McConaughey's first movie. He played a cop. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it, it sounds like a rom- romantic comedy, and that's why I haven't seen it. And it had the the one of the Cranberries songs, "Dreams" in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that called? I think she was in it. I can't remember the name of it. We're gonna have to look that up. Romantic comedy. No, it was a. more like a crime, crime, uh, part of it took place in Pittsburgh, I remember. It was more of a crime drama. I got to look this up now because this makes no sense. Okay. T- type in Drew Barrymore, Matthew McConaughey, and I might be off on Mary Louise Parker, but I think she was in that one. <laughs> so the reason why you brought this up, she may not be in it. Okay. I think she's in it. I remember, like, like, you know, knowing who she was when I watched Weeds. Like, I knew her from somewhere else. Do you, do you have it? When, when about do you think it would be? Oh, early. Give me a time frame. Early 90s, probably. Okay. I, oh, she was in Fried Green Tomatoes, too. Oh, okay. Which I never saw. I did see it, but I don't remember any of it. Uh, let's see. I'm going to look it up without her and see. Drew Barrymore. Type in um, McConaughey's first movie. Actually, um, McConaughey's got... first movie was that Dazed and Confused, I think. Yeah, pretty much. He played a cop, and the cop had a crew cut. It was very... Boys on the side? Yes. Boys on the side. Dreams by Cranberry was one of the title, not title, but one of the songs throughout the movie. Okay, I'm going to read you the summary. Okay. Mary Louise Parker is in that movie, by the way. Boom! Boom! Jane. Jane is a nightclub singer out of work. Robin is a quirky real estate agent looking for a ride share to accompany her to California. Her advertisement is answered by Jane, who at first was uncertain about her. A stop in Pittsburgh, you got that too, picks up a third, Holly, escaping a violent and drug-dealing partner. Yep. Girls on the road, reaching understanding, respect, and care for each other. But this trio is different. Jane is a lesbian. Robin suffering from AIDS. Oh, we went, we got, oh, we yeah. got serious yep. real quick. Yep. Holly running from her past, seeking one night stands and a good man. That's the tag. That's the like promotional summary of that movie. Okay, so that is ridiculous. So I was right that it was probably not any good, but at the time I liked it. <laughs> yes, that's probably. <laughs> And is Matthew McConaughey in it? Yes, he is. I think we should. I have get, never seen this movie. I think we should get credit for this, just because I remembered Mary Louise Parker was in this movie. Do you know who 
Okay, do you know who the star of the movie is, according to IMDb? It's not Neither Drew the, Barrymore? Uh-uh, and it's not Mary Louise Parker. Who Drew Barrymore is Holly, the third girl they pick up. Mary Louise Parker plays Robin, who okay. is the second girl. And Jane the first, is the lesbian. You will never, ever, ever guess who this is. Well, I remember her in the movie. I remember her. I can sort of see her face. I can see her... Uh, All right, give me a name. Uh, I can't remember. Um, okay, Just guess. Stir. St- um, the she played in West Wing for a long time. Not a long time, but she was in Allison West Wing. Allison Janney. No, not her. Um, she has a weird Chandler or something. Chandler. I don't know who you're talking about. Chandler. I don't, I've never watched West Wing. Okay, so it's not her. All right, who is it? <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I do remember. Yes, I do remember that. Yep. It, it, you know, and I do remember the ending, and it's kind of a tearjerker, at least, you know, to a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the screenshot on IMDb is, um, looks like Drew Barrymore having a baby, so. Yes. I mean. And do I, you see the picture of Matthew McConaughey in a crew cut? No, they don't have any shots of him from the movie. It's okay. just like from the premiere. Well, he has a regular haircut. I'm pretty sure anyone listening to this is now going to want to see Boys on the Side. Like, stop I'm your, stop your. Pretty sure they are now. not want to see that movie. <laughs> All right, that sounds like a Hallmark Channel movie right there. It's a little better than that, but yeah, it probably, okay. it, you know, I told you mm. when I said it was probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mary Louise Parker. So why don't we go to the hint on this one? Do we know? Okay. The, the hint is think opposites. That's right. We're taking a quiz. I forget. Yeah. So um, think opposites. Are like, who does that mean? Opposites to who they're starring in? Like for Sybil Shepherd, would that be Bruce Willis from Moonlighting? Be or Jeff guess. Bridges? And we hadn't even talked about Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Who was uh, in Friends, obviously, Friends. the first thing. But I also think of her, you know, she's probably as known now for being married to Brad Pitt and that breakup as she is for Friends. Like that's number one in one A on when people yeah, list things yep. about her. She was also in sad, Office Space. You know, she played very true. she played the girl with the badges out the waitress. What was it what were yes. they called? Those badges? They were called Flare. Flare. The Flare. Yeah. yeah. Thirty seven pieces of flare. And she was opposite, um didn't she play Vince uh, opposite Vince Vaughn in a, a little romantic comedy that did really well? Yeah, I never saw that. Okay, so think opposites. We need to find someone that played opposite all of these people. Is it Bruce okay. Willis? I can't think of anything with Jennifer Aniston and Bruce Willis. Me either. Mary Louise Parker, definitely. She was in Reds with Bruce Willis. I thought Reds were a name of a football team. Well, I mean, that was that was a previous question. Okay. So they're not. You know related. what I'm talking about, though. She was in that movie with Bruce Willis. Um, it was Bruce Willis and like um, the lady from maybe Morgan England? Freeman. Yeah, Helen Mirren. Yes, yes. I, and, I never uh, saw the movie, but uh, Malkovich. I think You're right. So Bruce Willis. So Bruce Willis is now connecting Mary Louise Parker and Sybil Shepherd. Definitely Sybil Shepherd. So it's got to be. Is it's got to be. Were they? I'm, I, but I'd like to get what they were in together. I I I don't know. Willis. Were they, was she in any of those terrible mid-90s movies that Bruce Willis did? Probably. She wasn't in Armageddon. like a bunch of bad, no, not that I think. She wasn't in Die Hards. She was, she maybe in one of the Die Hards? Not that I remember. 
Unless it was just like a bit like extra part. He did a movie called Blind Date. Was she in that? That's what I was thinking. She might have been one of the dates in that. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to go with Bruce Willis on this, aren't we? Oh, I think absolutely. it's a good guess. I uh, think it's the only way to go. Okay, number nine. Herschel Walker, mm-hmm. George W. Bush, and Patrick Ewing. Okay. I saw the hint, so I think I know the answer. All right, read the hint. Who let the dogs out? Okay. So that leads me to want, I know that Patrick Ewing went to Georgetown. So is it mm-hmm. people that went to Georgetown? Did George W. Bush go there? No, but I think I have an idea. Okay. You're on the right track. Well, wait, Georgetown Where, Hoyas. Are they dogs? Yes. It, the mascot it's is a, a dog, bulldog. right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And where did Herschel Walker go to school? Well, oh, so maybe it's dog sure. schools. Yes, it is. Herschel Walker probably Bush, went to Georgia. Yes, he did. Okay. Which is Georgia Bulldogs, which yes. the mascot is a, a bulldog. And George W. Bush, had Bush to be went Texas. to- Had to be a Texas no, school. No. Where do most presidents go to college? Yale Bulldogs. Yes, that is correct. So Bulldog Mascot School is the answer. That's absolutely what that is. I think we're two doing out of better 10. than two out of 10. And speaking of 10, number 10. Oh, no. <laughs> Brad Weiss, Carla Corrado, Shad Ewart. What do these three littles have in common? So again, you can't just say they're littles. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say they are all, they all have doctorates. Yeah, are professors. Mm-hmm. Um, hints. Hint, TK's may be for show, but these folks are the real article. Doctor, yeah. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. We totally throw, nailed it. Yeah, nailed and throw it. young Statman in there too. Yeah, throw young Statman in. Yeah. And Dr. Garrett Schumann would be my guest. Yes. Yes. So we got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people that have doctors that listen to this, yeah. which, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Okay, answers. Number mm-hmm. one is all associated with Harper Lee. Mm-hmm. Associated with To Kill a Mockingbird is an acceptable answer. Okay, good. We Points. Got it. We get credit there. Okay. Monroeville, or is it Monroeville, was Lee's hometown and the model for the fictional Maycomb where To Kill a Mockingbird is set. Capote was mm-hmm. Lee's childhood friend upon whom the character Dill was based. And, and Gene Louise. I think we said, oh, yeah. Go ahead. I think we said he, he is often assumed to have written or at least helped write a lot of that book. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Jean Louise is better known as Scout, the narrator of To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. or the narrator. Um, number two, all fathered more than 10 children. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, we kind of got, yeah, got that. Brando had 15. Well, we didn't say 10 children, but. But we would have never got that without the hint, though. Fifth, no, we would I'd not. I never would have. 15 kids for Brando, 17 for Patrick Henley, Henry, and 11 for Charlie Chaplin. Brando is the most impressive in that because Henry, Patrick Henry lived, you know, in the 1700s mm-hmm. when you had that many kids because you had to have that many to work whatever, you know, business you had. Uh, yes, that's Chaplin true. Chaplin in the early, you know, early part of the 20th century. I mean, 20, yeah, so I mean, that's, that, that makes sense. But Brando, I mean, Brando was still acting in the 80s, right? He's, yes. He lived into the, I don't know, I'm not sure when he died, but he, he was, I mean, he was, Prolific. Uh, and I'm not at all surprised that he, he had that many children. No, that's yeah. true. And uh, he follows up all that too with- too many kids. Bo- yeah. <laughs> Bob Walsh follows it all up with Jason et al. Have only eight children that we know about. Yes. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Number three was John Tyler, Andrew Johnson, and Harry Truman, the presidents. All succeeded presidents who died in office. Oh, boy. Oh. That's a tough one. Yeah. Tyler Harrison, Johnson and Lincoln, and Truman FDR. 
thought Andrew Johnson died in office too. I guess not. Well, maybe yeah, we, he did, we but he didn't have that in common with the others. Yeah. And Franklin Delano Roosevelt was who we were thinking of when you said he died in office, and I said he served four different terms. Okay. All Not right. Truman. Number four, um, we did get all names for groups of birds, gaggle geese, uh, murder crows, and parliament was the owls. Mm. I had an owl outside of my, I have a new neighbor. Oh, I saw that picture, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got that one too. Number five which was It Happened One Night, the movie one. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Nest and The Silence of the Lambs. These are all the only movies to win Oscars in all of the big five categories. The big five. Okay, five. Best movie, director, mm. actor, actress, and screenplay. So we missed the screenplay. Yeah, we get credit for that. Yeah. We were on the right track. We definitely do. Number six was Robert E. Lee, Robert e. Lee Mike Krzyzewski, and Judge Roy Moore. We got this wrong. We said they were born in New York City. But that is incorrect. All graduates of West Point is the answer. Mm. I would have never gotten that, even with the clue, no. obviously. Mm-mm. Lee graduated in 1829. Stunningly, Krzyzewski and Moore both graduated in the class of 1969. <laughs> if Jen Babish was not previously aware of this, I just made her day. <laughs> She's... <laughs> yes. I think she hates Duke like every every, you know, sane person in the world. Yes. Um and she needs that after after RG3, RG3 yeah. signing, which I, I'm still laughing about. I'm really surprised that they uh, signed him. Cuz I hate the Ravens so much. I know. Yep. Um okay, so we did not get that one. Number 7 Gunners Reds Hammers. All are nicknames for football/soccer teams in the English. Now is it Premier, which is what I say, or is it Premier? Who says Premier? Okay, what do people say? Because I say English Premier League. Okay, well, I heard an advertisement the other day that did not say Premier. Was it in, like an English accent? Yes. Well, then it's, they're just running it together. Okay. Um, so, yes, it was soccer or football, depending on how you say that. In fact, all our teams followed by one or more littles. Hmm. Gunners, Arsenal. Reds, Liverpool, Hammers, West Ham, United. Mm-hmm. I think we get credit for that. I think so. I mentioned soccer teams. Yes, you did. Number eight. That was Mary Louise Parker, Sybil Shepherd, and Jennifer Aniston. And boom, all of these actresses have played opposite Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Would never got that, of course, without the, the, the hint. Mary Louise in red. Actually, maybe we would have gotten that without the hint. Anyway. I think we, we could have gotten close. Mary Louise is in red, like you said, 2010, and the less memorable red 2, 2013. Mm-hmm. Sybil in the TV show Moonlighting, 1985 to 89. Oh, and Jennifer in a three-episode arc in Friends in 2000. That's right. He played, I remember uh, that now. He played somebody's dad, somebody she was dating's dad or a doctor I or I don't it know. it might have been her dad. Her dad, okay. Possibly. I can't remember. But yeah, that's definitely, I remember him being in the show now. It was a big deal. Yes, it was. We, it was after Die Hard. And was it? was like coming back to TV. And Tom Selleck was also in Friends, wasn't he? I think you're right. Mm-hmm. He, I believe he was dating, what's her face? Monica. Um, yeah. Yeah. Number nine, Herschel. Mm-hmm. Oh, number nine, Herschel Walker, George W. Bush, Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. All attended a university whose mascot is a bulldog. I believe we nailed this. Oh, absolutely. Herschel, as you said, University of Georgia. George, Yale. Um, handsome Dan. Oh, that's, oh, he's giving us the name of the dog? 
Mm-hmm. Uga you, is the name. Uga, okay. Georgia one. I was going to say UGA, but I understand Uga. You should, you should totally, that's right up your alley. I have watched specials on the the dog for the for the University of Georgia. Well, I was saying how the name of the dog is a dumb pun. Yeah, I like it. Uga. <laughs> okay. George went to Yale, and Handsome Dan is the name of that mascot, and Patrick went funny. to Georgetown. Jack the Bulldog. I did not know that. I didn't know any of those dogs' names. At some point, we need to get into... I knew Ugga, obviously. I mean, I live... You should know Ugga. ...from the University of Georgia, 45 minutes. Um, but the we should get into some... At some point, and we'd have to do more research on this to look it up. The, oh, then it's the out. Dumb, the dumb names for state of Virginia schools. Oh, why are there some dumb the colleges. ones? What... Georgetown, in the, the Georgetown Hoyas. Oh, you're talking, okay, yes. And their mascot is a bulldog. Yeah. First off, what's a Hoya? And it's like, I don't know. there's like other, um, like the Virginia Tech Hokies. Yes, yep. Virginia is Cavaliers, but they also call them like the Wahoos or something like that. Isn't that right? I think you're or right, something. yep. It's just, what is up, with, what is up Virginia? What's <laughs> going on? It's it's kind of like all this weirdness with mascot names and you know, the you know the the name of your team and you know whatever. Well, I think that you could expand mascot names to the entire country. The banana slugs is one of my favorites. Yeah, but I mean, at least that's. I mean, what I'm saying is you're saying Virginia. It's all concentrated a, into one state. How does a how does a Hoya turn into a? Is that a name for a bull a dog? I mean, where does that come from? Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know. And hokey becomes like a what is it like? A wahoo? A, no. A turkey? Virginia Tech is is their mascot a turkey? What is that? I don't know. I don't think they have a mascot. I don't know. I'm sure they have a mascot. Come on, it's a college team. Isn't they it have just some the sort of animal logo? or some person? What is the logo based on? I don't know. VT. Yeah, but I mean, I'm gonna look this up now. Okay. I think it's a turkey. You're probably right. Yeah, it's a turkey. Look at the look up the logo for Virginia Tech. It's that's crazy. It's this mean looking bird. It looks like it comes out of like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Okay. So so how do you get how do you get from the name of their like the nickname of their team, like the Hokies or the Wahoos or the Cavaliers or the Hoyas? And I'm sure there's probably more because it's Virginia and this is, this is weirdness coming out of Virginia. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was born in Virginia. So, right, so um, you, can, you can say that. So I can speak to weirdness coming out of Virginia. Mm-hmm. But how do you – uh, this doesn't make any sense to me. No. I'd like to have some sort of explanation for why it seems to, you know, congeal and center in teams, major teams in Virginia. I mean, also, you also have like the Tennessee Volunteers, which have a dog as their mascot. But hey, is that they have a dog too? It's a hound dog. Yeah, it's like a blue tick. Okay. Uh, hunting dog. See, I never realized that these schools had mascot mascots. I mean, I obviously knew Georgia and and Yale at least calls themselves the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, see, that makes sense. University of Georgia Bulldogs. What's your mascot going to be? I mean, right. if you yeah. had like a giraffe, that would be stupid. Yeah, but this is that's what I'm talking about. But that's it's what like, you're saying. It's Georgetown Hoyas. It, what is a Hoya? Yeah, and what is a Hokey? And what is a Wahoo? Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. No. Well, hopefully, someone knows. Yes. 
Um, okay, the last question we also nailed. That was Brad Weiss, Carla Corrado, and Shad Ewart. All of these pretty big littles are college professors. Brad, professor and department chair, Department of Anthropology, William and Mary. Carla, associate professor and department chair, Department of Sociology, Otterbein University. And Shad, professor and, de- professor and department chair, chair, not share, because I'm saying Shad. <laughs> professor and department chair, Department of Business Management, Anne Arundel Community College. And then he, Bob, adds a creator's note. These are just three of a number of littles teaching at the college and university level that could have been used here. I hope none of the other Professor Littles are offended by my omitting them from this question. Boom. We called some of them out. So even yeah, though. we did. Um, so Very nice. Bob, I think, you know, I think we did we did a pretty decent job on this quiz. Thank we you for really, the, the hints. We really were on the right track on every single one of them. The only one I would say that we like missed would be, I mean, we missed the presidents who died in office, even though we got, yes, we were close, very close. I'd say that's a matter of semantics. Uh, the <laughs> one about the West Point graduates we missed. That's the one we missed, yeah. But All no the others had. we got. Yeah. Boom. Two out of ten. Yeah. We missed two out of ten. That's what I've been saying all along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what you were saying. Uh, yes. Thank you, Bob. The twist at the end. That was fun. Thanks, Bob. Do we have a guest on the show this week? Answer no or yes, it's a binary thing. Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Answer no or yes. Um, no. Hey, thanks once again for listening. You can also insert your own funny, clever, and or witty comment here. Because let's face it, I'm definitely not doing that. I'm still here. I'm just giving you plenty of time to, you know, think of and insert your own comment. I didn't want to rush you. If you'd like to send us feedback, it's at SpeakTangents on Twitter or SpeakingOfTangentsPodcast at gmail.com. We check the email less than we check the Twitter. Let's just say that. Do we have any feedback this week? Yes. And and why not start with Twitter, huh? (laughs) I mean... I mean, you really want to go out on a limb there and do something different. That's right. You know, and speaking of Twitter, have you seen the thread that went around Twitter this week um, about the case of the missing lunch? I did not think that was funny. I I found it fun. It was, I, people can look it up and and decide for themselves, themselves, but I thought it was pretty good. It was supremely overhyped. Oh, for sure. I was like, oh, this has got to be funny. This is something's going to happen. And as I'm reading, I'm going, okay, something funny is going to happen. Something funny. And no, it, it just ended. Yeah. At the end, there was no resolution. There's no payoff. That's true. No, it. But there was, that is kind of what Twitter should be like, I think, is this kind of stuff. Instead of everybody spouting off their political statements or um, being mean to each other. Although this is kind of mean, this this guy outing these people, but I don't know. I just thought it was kind of fun. It was a little something different. I just, it was way, way, way oversold. Well, that's true, but I still liked it. Um, I, I, the the guy's name was Zach, somebody, Zach, hang on. It wasn't good enough to mention. Okay. Well then we'll move on. Don't look it up because it's stunk people. Yes. Um, okay. So first we'll read some feedback on Kevin Stanfield's appearance last week. 
Oh, cool. And we'll start off with Kevin himself at Stanfield Kevin. I had so much fun doing speaking of tangents. Politicians are thinking about instituting a sin tax. <laughs> that's one way to erase the deficit. <laughs> that's, that's I appreciate cool. that play on words. I do, too. I'm, gl- I'm glad he had fun because I, I know I certainly did. Absolutely. Now, Jen Babish at JBab Sports Chick said, Kevin Stanfield was hilarious on speaking of tangents. Great review of the Justin Timberland concert. Nice. And she included three um, laughing so hard I'm crying emojis or the boxing gloves or whatever you you thought. She's looking to fight now that RG3 is on the (laughs) Ravens. Yeah. Uh, Scott Jenkins at SEJ326. I saw Pacific Rim Uprising and Kevin Stanfield review and Kevin Stanfield's review made more sense to me than the actual movie. (laughs) That sounds about right. Yeah, I can see how that uh, that would be the case. Now, Ed Butt at EDB1947 tweeted this out. He said, I don't do movies, but thanks to Anne Hornaday and This Show Stinks, which is Tony's Kornheiser show, I can fake my way through cocktail parties. Hashtag do a Stanfield is a skilled skill learned in school using cliff notes and classic comics instead of reading the assigned book. <laughs> there you go. So do a Stanfield um, came from a different thread. I think Bob Walsh suggested it. And then I think I said Stan, or you could call it Stanfield, Stanfielding. Mm-hmm. So go on Twitter and follow that thread if you want. But Kevin Stanfield responded about a day later, and he said, "I leave Twitter for one day, and I've become a verb. How cool is that?" See, <laughs> knows it cool. I think it's a good affirmation that people should leave Twitter behind for a day or a week or a oh, lifetime. Yes, I've been Stanfielding basically my entire life, is what I've discovered. I haven't really seen or read anything. It's all context. Well, that's what um, I think Bob Walsh tweeted something like that. For judo fuse, it's a lifestyle choice or something. (laughs) Absolutely, 100% (laughs) correct. Um, Okay, on the April Fool's joke that we may or may may not have been playing. I don't uh, know what you're talking about. Todd Takei at Tooth Takei says, this episode dropped in the 30th, not the first. Not funny. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't get that joke at all. <laughs> okay, we had one clarification from last week. Adam Benson at Benson underscore the comic. Dawson's Creek reunion was just for a piece in Entertainment Weekly. There is actual show coming back. So I think I think Adam missed a word. Did he mean to say okay, there is, is no <laughs> actual show? Because this might not be a great clarification. What Adam has actually done, instead of giving a clarification, <laughs> is given a declare or an unclarification. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm more confused. Now I don't know what he what he means. Is it or is it not coming back? Yeah. See what happens when you have kids? <laughs> Your brain kind of is not there anymore. <laughs> um, and Sean Morrissey at Sean underscore Morrissey tweeted a gif, which I think is Skeletor. Okay. Is it, could it be Voltron? No, it was Skeletor. And he said, <laughs> here we go again. And I believe Mr. Morrissey was taking a shot at me. Oh, yes, he was. Because I had gotten Voltron and Skeletor confused. Yep. And he was saying there might be another Beetlejuice situation. <laughs> but as soon as I saw Skeletor's picture and Voltron's picture, I now know them apart. Okay, good. <laughs> So thanks, Sean. <laughs> and and on the baseball talk that we had, remember you were saying you don't know exactly why you can't stand baseball anymore. And I asked you, well, it's because of the player strike. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it took me about four to five years to come back from the strike. But you said you didn't think it was from the strike. Remember all that talk? 
Yeah, I think it's from the steroids and the all that okay. business. Well, James Cunningham at James Ivy 1978 says, I am one guy who never came back to baseball since the strike of 94. I used to go to four to five games a year. We missed Gwynn's attempt at 400, Matt Williams going for 61, and the best team in baseball, Montreal Expos. I have been to one game in 20 years. Yeah, he left mm. baseball for sure. Yep. Have I you been to one game in choice. 20 years? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you've been to more than one. You've been to more than one. Um, I'm trying to think how many. I've been to at least 10 or 20 in the past 20 years. Oh, I'm okay. averaging about a half to a quarter, three quarters of a game a year. Okay, well, you got James beat. Now, I haven't been to any in the last 10 years. Okay, so it's which all... Which is basically is when, I really, when I really checked out was about 10, 15 years ago, so... Okay, so after the strike. Yeah, I told you, it's steroids in the you early 2000s. When yeah. the, I know that's what it is. So you weren't you weren't enthralled by the home run chase between Sosa and McGuire. Oh, I was at the time because it was a big deal. I think that's what set it up for me to really be like, no, I'm out when I when it came out that it was obvious. I mean, because something that was like eh, this is something feels weird here, but I'm going with this because even Major League Baseball was propping it up and saying, yeah. you know, promoting yeah. it and using it. They used that to get people back after the strike because that's what. Because after the strike, I could have checked out, but except for that. So that's what brought, I think, a lot of people back in. And that's yeah. what drove me away even more is because I feel like Major League Baseball looked the other way. Oh, they absolutely did. At least I think they did. Yeah. And so if individual players do stuff, that doesn't taint my opinion of all of baseball. But when the league itself does stuff in order to promote itself, that's, then, yeah. that's wrong. That, that, that's, you know either misinformation or promoting something wrong because what they did, they used that for as long as they could. And then when the public turned on baseball and went, we're not cool with this, then they started cracking down. Yeah. They pretended they went, oh, they, yeah. oh, we didn't know, which is a bunch of crap. And it's the same thing with football. And that's why I'm out on football now too. Yeah. They pretended that they didn't um, know about yeah. it and didn't, and yeah, basically they, they didn't, they didn't know about it. And then all of a sudden they were concerned. Well, we can't have our players doing that. Right. When, when, when society and culture changed, yeah, they, it, but they were, they were happy, happy to ride it out and, you know, make as much money and be greedy for as long as they could until pub, the public, you know, sentiment turned against them. So it's, it's, it's all a bunch of crap. Everybody's greedy in those, you know, leagues and stuff. So, I mean, and the players get taken advantage of and people are like, oh, these millionaires making money. Well, they are being, they are giving years off of their life in order to get there in a lot of cases. So, I mean. I, Especially football. Oh, yeah. But any of any. Here's the thing with like steroids and human gro- growth hormone. If it can help you like now to achieve, you know, more physical levels than you would on your own, but it destroys your body and it's like revving your body up um, past where it should be so that you're going to pay the price for that someday. Yeah. It's going to affect, it's going to either take years off their life or they're going to have a rough time. Just like with the concussion stuff, it's going to, and like NFL players often, you know, have hip surgeries and knee surgeries and back surgery. And it, even the ones who don't have problems with concussions have problems with, the, you know, they're like, I've heard people say, you know, I get out of, I'm 45 years old and I get, I can barely get out of the bed in the morning after I retired, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So to, to think that, that that doesn't affect more than just football, I mean, hockey players, baseball players, anybody who is like, Doing putting artificial substances or even you know natural substances artificially into your body um, to 
up the performance at a certain well, yeah. level is yeah. going to take its toll over the over you know in the long run as you get older. So to these leagues are basically churning up these people and spitting them out, and it's just I can't I can't watch it anymore. And it's the same as the NCAA. NCAA is using oh, the yes. players, and they're not like poisoning their bodies. Or like sanctioning that, but or or letting people get away with it, so they feel like the other people have to do it in order to compete. But the NCAA is, you know, make getting rich off of the backs of these players, these athletes in all sports, any sport that's drawing, you know, any kind of money in. So for them to do that and not pay the players is ridiculous. I mean, come on. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. All these sports have been co-opted in order for greedy people to make more money, and that's what I have the problem with. Is there anything nowadays that greed hasn't touched? There's not a lot of purity left in sports, right. that's for sure. Um, and just back to your point about baseball. Baseball. Maybe little League. Yeah, little, no, no, no. Little League World Series. Yeah, and the parents who are like overbearing. Yeah, yeah. And yelling at people and getting thrown out of the games and stuff. Uh-huh. Going back to, to baseball. Baseball is, you don't think of the... Like football, you get the disastrous injuries that are that happen immediately. Well, baseball is more of a chronic grinding type of injuries because they have such a long season. So many games, yeah. And so, and then if they're juicing, they're they're breaking down their body for maybe a longer period of time than they would be. Although I don't know, maybe football players that are that are using steroids, maybe they they probably do that all year long. And I don't know what I'm talking about, but. No, you never know. They they have ups and down time, up and down times because they have to. They here's the thing. I feel like a majority of people are cheating in all of these leagues, professional leagues, and because you you almost have to now. It seems like in order to stay in the league, in most cases, and I think the leagues say they're testing, but they're giving inside information to the players. Hey, we're going to test you on this. It's supposed to be random testing. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were, I feel like more people would get caught if it was random, truly random testing that that somebody on the inside wasn't giving information to the clubs or to the players at some point. Oh, I'm sure there's something like that going on. But that's what it goes back to my last last week's statement. I mean, let's just all agree as players not to cheat. Let's level the playing field. If everybody's cheating, can we all just get together and say, let's stop this because we're ruining our bodies and let's all not cheat. <laughs> that's, no, that's, we cannot do that because no. if one bad apple spoils the bunch, I I understand. Yes. That's the same as saying, "Hey, let's all you know get on the same level and decide let's what's the right thing to do for the country and what's best for everybody politically." Or you know, it let's, seems so let's get obvious. all corporations together and say we're going to do this for the benefit of human and mankind and yes. blah blah blah. Instead, <laughs> yeah, no, it seems no, you, so you obvious. Get one or two to people me. who are greedy, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we we've got some. We got two more about food, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Um, our champion in the bracket pool, Vogel Matt at Vogel Matt. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, Matthew Vogel at Vogel Matt. Oh, says, did Matt, Matthew Vogel win? I'd forgotten already. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we said we weren't going to mention it again, and I just went ahead and mentioned it again. Um, Matthew says, I realize Jason's food combination rules are totally arbitrary, but yes. chocolate covered pickles? Three question marks. Will he next come down in favor of pickle flavored cream Oreos? Oh, and then he says, "I hope Nabisco doesn't read this and get any ideas." <laughs> that's the funny part of that, yeah, because that could possibly happen. No, it's it's Oreos are good. You don't need to add anything to it, even good things to make it better. Pickles are, eh, 
Pickles are okay. I like pickles. I like a dill pickle with, you know, like a sandwich every now and then. Mm-hmm. And sweet pickles, like bread and butter pickles, are okay with certain things. No, they're awful. If you cover that in chocolate, it's going to make the pickle taste better, I think. Yeah, but who wants the pickle? Just eat the chocolate. You got to have the, like, sweet and say the sour and the savory in there with the sweet. Yeah, but I'm saving, I'm saving that kind of stuff for, like, sea salt and caramel. I don't need any covered pickles, chocolate-covered pickles. And sweet, oh, sweet, like, relish pickles, oh, they're gross. You don't like bread and butter pickles? No. Yeah, okay. And speaking of Nabisco and Oreos, I think maybe, I don't know, Anita from Alaska sent me a link to an article that would seem to indicate that Nabisco did read Matt's tweet. Uh-oh. Although maybe Pe- it's it's Peeps flavored beer. Maybe Peeps. Maybe is does Nabisco make Peeps? I don't know if they do. I don't think so. But I'm just gonna say they did because it. You know, people. All these companies are making mistakes. So there's a brewery that's turning Peeps in putting Peeps in their beer some way some and somehow to have beer flavored Peeps or Peeps flavored beer. I should say yeah, not uh, not beer flavored Peeps. Peeps flavored beer. Both are awful. I don't even need peeps to taste and it. beer together. Actually, I don't like beer, but peeps. I don't really like beer either. Peeps are okay. I mean, I love peeps, but not in beer. No, I, that, that doesn't seem like it would be a good idea. And not in a beverage that I like. So, like, say hard cider or wine. Don't put peeps in that. Keep no. your peeps to yourself. And peeps is a brand on its own, by the way. It's not Nabisco. Mm-mm. They may be owned at some level by Nabisco, just like. Pretty much everything at this point is owned by some other company above it. Well, then most of them like reside in China, but there is Peeps is its own brand. It's it's Peeps brand. Well, Oreo would probably come up with that. Will that's what we'll see next is a beer flavored Oreo. I'm surprised that that doesn't already exist. Me too. People love their beer. And if you, what is beer flavor? Bitter. (laughs) That's what it is to me. That's that's how it tastes to me too. Yeah, I've never I've never liked I've never liked any alcohol though, so that's just me. I used to like Guinness beer and only Guinness. I was such a snob. I didn't want any other beers. Guinness was the only thing I could stand to drink, and then I realized that hard cider was superior and left all beers in the dust. Mm, hard cider is basically wine coolers. You know that, right? No, wine coolers it's- are gross. Hard cider is good. People who actually drink beer, we have a lot of them that listen to this, so I'll leave it to them. But I think they're going to say that hard cider is basically a wine cooler. It's too much of a wine cooler to be considered a beer. Well, maybe so, but they're wrong. Yeah. The only time I've ever gotten into drinking beer is when I was spent some time in Japan, and it was basically water or beer. And so I drink... Sake. Yeah, sake's okay, but no, it's you can't really drink that like as a beverage with a meal. I mean, you can drink it after or before, but it's not, it's like drinking water with a meal or, you know, I could drink a Coke with a meal sometimes, but, um, so I I got tired of drinking water over there after about the first week. And so I went and spent the rest of the time over there drinking uh, acai beer, which is pretty good. And And you you can't really get that here. Yeah. It's, I got used to it. And I, I, if I, if I'm ever going to drink beer just to be, you know, for the enjoyment, Mm -hmm. then it's that, but you can't really find that much often around here. Yeah, I I I had sake once and I didn't like it. But I never had sake in Japan, so that might be a difference. Yeah, probably not. It's it's I mean it's rice wine. It's it's 
It yeah. tastes like alcohol. I mean, it doesn't really have a, that much of an extra taste. Did you drink it hot or cold? Uh, it was cold. Hot is, I think, better. Okay. I liked it better anyway. Well, Warm. maybe the the group of people that are going to be at Jingle Fest sharing beer, beer mm-hmm. or beers, beer. I guess I would beers, say beer. beer? There, uh, maybe they will let me crash the party with a hard cider. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe they can um, point me in the direction of some acai when we're there in D.C. Maybe. If if anybody would know, it would be that group of people. A hundred percent. That's why I'm throwing it out there. They would know. Yeah. So uh, anything else this week? Any Amazon reviews or anything else you'd like to discuss? Uh, Nope. Not really. All right. Nope. Look, look, I got to go watch the Masters. The Masters are on. I got to go not watch the Masters. Okay. Good. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Speaking of Tangents is brought to you by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Hosted by Jason Fuse and K.J. Onstead. Created by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Music written and performed by Jason Fuse. Lyrics and vocals by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Edited by Jason Fuse. Visual effects by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Speaking of effects, it's that time again, people. The final season of The Americans is on FX now. No spoilers, but so far, well, I'll just quote a certain pedantic professor previously mentioned on today's podcast. Don't mess with Carrie Russell. Graphics by Jason Fuse. I love snow peas. And I love you. Bye-bye.